The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Genesis chapter 41, uh, we're at the point in this account where Joseph is now standing in the presence of Pharaoh. We mentioned yesterday kind of calling it hindsight 2020, where you kind of look back and say, I get now all of the things that God had allowed Joseph to go through over the past uh, several years, over decade plus, now started to make sense. What God was doing made sense. It probably didn't make human sense all the way to this point, but now it began to start making human sense. And so, now by the way, it doesn't matter if it makes human sense, but it is nice when God allows us to be, to connect the dots as it were. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about where Joseph, now that he's, you know, he sees this is what God had for me. This is his plan. This is the fulfillment. All the things happening in my life have led me to this point through God's leading. And really what we're going to look at is this idea of what many call God's will for our lives. We mentioned, as we read Romans and studied Romans 8, 28, 29, verse 29 says, um, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. And we said those he knew would get saved, he placed in this line of sanctification, a, a plan, a will, as it were, for your life, God's perfect will. We mentioned there are two different styles. There is the general will of God, something that God wants for everybody. He wants everybody to be saved. He wants everybody to be in church. He wants everybody to be participating in ministry. He wants everybody to be giving and serving and, and, and witnessing. All those things he wants all of us to do. You can find that clearly in scripture. Uh, But then there's specific will for you uh, that he says, this is unique to you, to the gifts I've given you, to the circumstances I've allowed into your life where you can be most effective in serving in these areas. And so this is... um, kind of where we're leaning towards as we look at the will of God, we'll look at that. Now, please understand, um, there is no way in 15 minutes you can talk in depth about learning the will of discovering the will of God for you. So what I'm going to give you are just some simple truths. Today is the beginning of this principle of learning and discovering God's will for your life. Let's look in Genesis 41, beginning in verse 15. It says, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So then the next several verses, and I will not read them for time. I encourage you to go verse 17 to 24, as Joseph gives a breakdown detail of the dream uh, of the, the, the fat cow and the skinny cow, the skinny cow eating the fat cow, the, the fat corn and the skinny corn, the skinny corn eating the fat corn. You see, it doesn't make any sense. Read it. That's the dream. That's the way it is. But we're going to jump to verse 25 and give uh, where Joseph picks up. So verse 25, and Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh um, is one. He said, there's two dreams, but it's one really dream. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. You catch that phrase, God showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. This is still all God's plan. Verse um, 26, the seven good kind are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years, and the dream is one. The seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seventy-seven years, and the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, 
And there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following it, for it shall be very grievous, saying, They won't remember all the great years for how bad these seven years will be. Verse 32. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now therefore, let Pharaoh look at a man discreet and wise, and set him over the things over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, and take up the fifth of the part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. So well, we're going to look really at where, where Joseph is. Now Joseph has been placed here. He's been pulled out of prison. He's beginning to recognize all of this. But you know, he said immediately, I have an opportunity to fulfill God's plan in my life. I'm going to go to it. So as we look at some things here, I want to, some simple principles we can get from this to look at the idea of understanding God's will for our life. Number one, Joseph recognized his place. He recognized his place. He was just a servant of God. He was just a messenger of God. Why is that important? Instead of Joseph getting angry over 13 plus years of imprisonment and slavery, instead of Joseph being angry for being thrown in jail after doing right, instead of Joseph finding himself vindicated standing in front of Pharaoh, Joseph looked at all of this and said, all of this, everything I have been through from the time I told my family about these dreams to the time I stand here in fulfillment of these dreams has been God's plan. And I'm just a servant of God. And since I'm just a servant of God, all of this is fine. God can do what he wants in my life to fulfill his plan. That sounds great when you're reading this because now we're at the end of it. We didn't endure, endure 13 years of torture or whatever it was he went through and discomfort. Many times we think the battles we go through are bad. God has allowed those things in there. And a servant's going to say, this is God's will. For example, uh, the apostle Paul often stated in his epistles when he would write to the church. He described himself as a servant of God. Now, let me explain something. The word servant in many of these was from the Greek word doulos, which means bond, servant, or slave. That's important because it was not someone in prison and enslaved as we would recognize in the history of our country. Uh, this was a bond servant was someone who, okay, they, they, were, they served somebody for a period of time to pay back a debt or to be able to, you know, this person had brought them over to their country and, and, and so they owed him something, they paid off their debt and now they had freedom to go. And this man says, no, I'm choosing to stay with my master because I love him. So I'm choosing, I'm gonna, you know, usually they put an earring in their ear to let them know, listen, I'm choosing to stay. I am now chosen uh, to be in this place. I'm chosen to give of my life and servant to the master. That's the kind of servant. I understand that I could have a free will and I have a free will, but in my free will, I choose to say, Lord, you are in control. And what I have and who I am and all that I do is yours. It is important to recognize our place. We are a servant. He was a messenger of God. You can't really be effective and recognize the will of God until you're willing to recognize it is his will, not my will. It is his plan, not my plans. We mentioned it's his, his place he puts us in, not our place. And then we recognize it is his purpose, and that is fine to be able to do it that way. Recognize, we must recognize and put ourselves under God and say, God, what you're doing, where you have me, all of this is on you, and, I, and it's yours, and I will serve to the best of my ability in this area. So he recognized his place. Number two, he recognized his purpose. His purpose was to fulfill God's plan to protect his chosen people. So God was going to bring a famine to Egypt, but please understand it was the greater area, the Middle Eastern area, the famine was going to come. 
And so understand, uh, economy was farming things with that. So you couldn't just import from other places. This famine was going to devastate the year. Seven years, they said the famine was gonna be so bad, you won't even recognize the seven years of good. You were just gonna be so overwhelmed with the negative. And understand famine meant not only no food, it often meant no rain or very little rain. Why? Well, because rain brought forth plenteous of the harvest and if there's no harvest there's no rain and you're in a desert area anyway to begin with and so there, there probably was a little rain there was a lot of great um, death in this time famines were miserable scenarios and so he says listen this seven years is coming but god's going to bless you with seven years of plenty what was the point god was going to bring this and he says i need to find a way to make sure that my chosen people uh, you know, Jacob, who is now named Israel, and his sons are going to be protected and developed as the promised land that I promised Abraham and I pro through Isaac. This is what's coming. This is what needs to be done. And so I need to get Joseph in a place where he can be there, he, that I can speak through my servant in a place, in a place like Egypt that will not recognize my voice. So I need my servant, my Hebrew servant to be there to recognize my voice and guide this Egyptian government to protect my people and everyone, but to protect my people. He says, God's placed me here to help these people and to help my home. And all of this makes sense. And even if it didn't, even if I didn't like it, God brought me here for his purpose. He recognizes place, he recognizes purpose. Can I tell you, if we can recognize our, our place, that we are just a servant of God, and then recognize our purpose, that we are to fulfill whatever God's asked us to do. The key is, do we know, okay, God, where do you have me? And when I'm there, am I dedicated to be there? I mean, I mean, God, you've placed me here. I don't always understand it. It's not always easy, but I'm not leaving. I'm going to do everything I can right here. I'm not gonna keep bouncing around until things get more comfortable. I'm not gonna keep looking for what's best for me. God, I'm convinced is where you have me and I'm gonna commit and I'm gonna stay and tell you, that is not our culture today. Our culture doesn't like commitment. We don't like commitment in marriage. We don't like commitment in work. We don't like commitment in church. We don't like accountability. We don't like all those things that actually make us stronger Christians. And we just, that our nature and our flesh fights that. And so I place myself where he wants me, in his purpose, Lord, you've got me here, and I'm going to stay strong and effective here, no matter how things are, until you move me, or until you promote me to wherever it is you want me to go next. I will be involved and dig down until you come. So what about us? What are some principles we can learn from this? We mentioned a couple, kind of in practical application, but let me, let me, let me just give you a couple thoughts. Notice on these that in these verses, Joseph said, it was God who gives the interpretation. It is God who is bringing the famine. It is God who has given you the dream. He recognized all of this as even though Pharaoh was a pagan king, Joseph said, listen, God's speaking to you and telling you things that only I can interpret so I can be here. Uh, he's gonna use you too, king, to protect his own people. God can use governments. God can use uh, local governments, uh, state governments, White House. He will use them for his purpose. And we sometimes look back and say, I don't know, I'm nervous. If we can, be, as you become a servant of God and kind of give it and give it to God, it's amazing how in doing that, what you gain is a greater stability in the sovereignty of God. None of this frightens God and surprises God and you just stay stronger in it. So if I want to recognize God's will, and we'll get into this detail more as we move forward, but if I want to recognize God's will for my life, what do I do? Please understand, as I said a moment ago, 
this is not an exhaustive list. This is just a couple very basic introductory thoughts to the study of God's will. But let me give them to you. First of all, learning to recognize, first of all, what are, I'm sorry, I'm just reading thoughts that I've already said. So what are some steps? Number one, be in God's general will. We mentioned in the beginning, there's God's specific will for you, and then there's God's general will. God's general will is that every husband should love his wife. Every life should, wife should respect her husband. Every student should be in honoring to their parent. Every person should be in church. Every person should be involved. All of these things that are commanded to all of the church, um, they're very general. They're, 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 everyone should be doing these things. This is God's general will for his people, for his church. All of us should be doing these things. So if I'm not in church, I will never learn. God's specific will. If I'm not in church, I can't get involved in that small introductory ministry that grows me further to the bigger ministry. Now, some said, it's great that I don't want to do that. And that's your choice. But you miss what God really wants to do. You got to be in God's general will. Number two, you got to be in God's word and prayer. Uh, please understand, if you're not close to God, walking with God, hearing from God, and speaking to God, you will never recognize His voice. And then when you don't recognize His voice, you will then turn not recognize His leading. Just sitting back waiting for God to strike you with lightning and truth is not going to happen. I must be in a place where I recognize his voice, his leading, his direction. So I must be in his general will. I must be in word and prayer. Then I must listen to other counselors. Other people are going to say, this is where I believe me and, and other leaders in the church, pastors, your pastor may be saying, this is where I want you to be. I, I don't think God may be leading that. You follow that. Seek counselors. The Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Now, by the way, you can call enough counselors to where somebody will finally agree with you. But if you call five people, four of them say the same thing and one doesn't, it's not wise to listen to the one. We can always find someone who will tell us what we want to hear. We need to find someone who will tell us what God wants us to hear. So we, we seek out great counselors and we listen to them. And then, and then lastly, at least in this point, recognize circumstances as God's direction. So I'm in God's general will. I'm in God's word and prayer. I'm listening to counselors. I'm listening to preaching. I'm listening, seeking godly advice. And as I do all of this, I begin to recognize that even the circumstances of 2020 and where we're in right now are all patterned to get me to where God needs me to be. Just like Joseph was driven through Potiphar's house in prison, he's now in the palace. All of these things, some of the good, some of the bad, don't run from them. Don't get frustrated. Don't let Satan give you a thousand reasons to run away from his will. Say, I will not be driven by this. I will get back and I will commit. I will be where God wants me to be because I want to be used by God and I want God to make my marriage great. I want God to make my family great. And I need to be in the center of God's will to enjoy the best of all of this. And these circumstances are being used by him. It roots out those who really don't want to follow God and it strengthens those who do. And may we say, I'm going to stay strong and be that one where I am strengthened in God. I hope these were encouragements. Again, I'm telling you, this is just the minimal. We'll get in more detail. Beginning introductory thoughts of the will of God. But if you can't be in God's general will, you can't be in prayer, you're not listening to wise counsel, and you're not recognizing circumstances God's direction, the next several steps of God's will uh, become very, very complicated. And uh, we really won't even recognize them as God's will. And that's where we need to grow. May we, as we continue in thinking of this idea, may it be help and encouragement, and may we strive to say, I want to be in the center of God's will. I hope that's you, and I really hope that was an encouragement as, as you know you can be. God loves you, and He has a very specific plan for you, and it's awesome when you find yourself in the center of God's will. We hope you have a great rest of your day today. Hope you have a great week. If it does snow today, keep safe. Enjoy the weather. 
Enjoy this time of winter as spring will be coming just around the corner. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Look forward to seeing you next time.